Hey, this is Joel Allen, the host of Biblical Conversations, honest conversation about difficult aspects of the Bible. Biblical Conversations is an invitation to a new way of thinking about Scripture. Typically, we come to Scripture looking for answers or to find wisdom, the Word of the Lord, or to find insight into the human condition. And while those are great questions to ask of Scripture, this podcast is about a new way of thinking about the Bible, a new way of looking at Scripture as an extended series of conversations, biblical conversations, conversations that are often in conflict and just as often finding conflict resolution. The Bible, like Jesus himself, is fully human and fully divine. And here we're going to explore the human side of this equation as a portal to deeper appreciation and deeper insight into the Bible as the very Word of God. The Bible was written by many different people with different ideas and different agendas. The authors of Scripture were people like you and me about the task of understanding this Yahweh who led them up out of Egypt and into the land of promise and who comes to us in the person of Jesus, our Christ. The Bible, as a fully human document, conveys ideas about God that are in conflict with other ideas about God in the Bible. The Bible is a human story about how these ancient people of faith with conflicting notions and competing understandings learned how to resolve conflicts and develop communities built on shalom. And this is why this is so important. We still live in community and we still have conflict, conflict that's getting worse by the day. We still seek shalom. We need to find shalom, God's peace. There's an art to learning to live within the bonds of peace and by divine grace in blessed community. And I believe that the most exalted, at least for me, the most transformative way we can experience the scriptures as, as the very words of God is to grapple with them in all their humanity. I've come to love the Bible even more passionately as God's word because it comes to us in the dust of history, the grind of politics, and the gore of warfare. It conveys a history generated by people of faith on a complex and meandering journey of redemption and grace. The words of these particular people have become for us the very word of God, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift, a gift that points the way toward reclaiming blessed communities of shalom today and to God's eternal kingdom. Are you up for a new way of engaging in the holy scriptures of our faith? Let's have a biblical conversation. Hey, this is Joel Allen, the host of Biblical Conversations, an honest conversation about difficult aspects of the Bible. In this episode, I have a conversation with a friend of mine named David Hollis. David will introduce himself more fully, but uh, you can read up about David on the uh, Facebook page where I have a photograph of David with his family and then some information there about David. Uh, David and I served on staff uh, at First United Methodist Church in Jackson, Tennessee about 10 years ago, and we became good friends, and I really came to appreciate David as a wise and committed disciple of Jesus. Uh, David uh, was a graduate of the religion program at uh, Lambeth University where I taught unfortunately after David had graduated, but uh, I taught there for a number of years in Jackson, Tennessee, and then David went on to Duke Divinity School. 
and, um, and is ordained in the Tennessee Conference of the Methodist Church and now campus pastor at Belmont University. So David and I are discussing episode thir- episode 14 of Biblical Conversations. I do want to encourage you to go back and listen to that. But if you don't, let me summarize it here, and I'll do this very briefly. Uh, so in the first section of that episode, I discuss the, a, a specific case where there's a very clear contradiction in the Bible, and that is that in first uh, and sorry, in 2 Samuel 24, the first few verses, we read that the Lord inspired King David to do something that's clearly wrong and evil. And so just how to understand that is difficult, but the problem is complicated by the fact that in the same story is told in 1 Chronicles 21, the exact same story. And you know, you can prove that this is the same story. But in the telling of that passage in 1 Chronicles 21, it says that Satan inspired David to do this terrible thing. So how do we deal with that? If the Bible is the word of God, does God not know who did this? Whether or not it's him or the devil? You know, if this is the word of God, how do we understand contradictions such as this? So that's the problem that we have to explain if we're going to believe that the Bible is God's word. This is a case in point. Then I go over various positions and understandings on how to understand biblical inspiration. And in the third section, I propose my own uh, way of putting the pieces of this puzzle together. And I say that it's like a three-legged stool with three key components, progressive revelation, didactic inspiration, and narrative authority. Now, what do I mean by that? Progressive revelation means that the light in the, 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 the revelation of Scripture is kind of like a light that gets brighter over time. So the Bible can contradict itself, but over time, there's new light that, that comes to, uh, to overshadow the light of previous generations. So, so you can see ideas in development as people struggle to understand God and struggle to, uh, to walk faithfully with God, that sometimes older ideas, not all the time at all, but there are instances where ideas can shift and change, but that's because the light is getting brighter and that's part of God's revelation process. And the second is that uh, inspiration is kind of like learning something. Didactic means learning. You could say pedagogical. So learning inspiration. So inspiration is kind of like learning something that's very, very exciting, but you have to put it into your own words. You don't just get the word. So if you go to a classroom and you learn something that's very, very exciting, you get some words, right? Because you hear the words that are used to this for this instruction. So you might glean some of them. But if someone like asked later, several hours after the class, and you learned this exciting thing, or let's imagine you heard a TED talk that just totally blows you away. and You're so excited about it and you're sharing it with someone else. Well, some of the words might come directly through the speaker, but you have to put it into your own language. And you might use an example of your own experience. So inspiration or uh, yeah, inspiration is kind of like learning something exciting. And the authority of scripture is narrative. So narrative authority. This is like a story that defines something. So the Bible is like this big narrative arc. The Bible provides a meta narrative in which we live our human experience of this life. The Bible is pre- presenting to us this huge narrative arc that goes from creation to new creation with the with the uh, cross of Christ right in the middle of it. 
So that Jesus is calling us to enter into this narrative and let this narrative be our narrative. The narrative of where we came from and God creating the world and the fall into sin and God calling Abraham and God calling uh, Moses and giving Moses the law. That's all a part of our redemptive story. But the story leads to to the coming of Jesus and the incarnation of Christ and the atonement of Christ and the in the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and then the new creation of the kingdom of, of Jerusalem or the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven and the reemergence of the tree of life with healing for all nations. That's the narrative of art. God created this Eden and God intends to return us to Eden. We've messed it up along the way, but God is going to de- defeat the power of sin and Christ came to bring this new kingdom and to initiate this kingdom. And he told us to pray that the kingdom would come and God's will would be done on earth. And God intends to do that. So here again, that's the broad narrative arc. And we're called into that arc. We're called to live our lives in the light of this broader perspective of God's redemptive purpose. And so the Bible presents for us this broad narrative perspective or or narrative arc into which we live our lives. So when Jesus calls us to take up our cross to follow, it's as if Jesus is saying, come and join this story. Let this story be your story. And so that's the uh, broad picture. So that's my understanding of how uh, biblical inspiration works. Progressive revelation, didactic inspiration, and narrative authority are three keys to the puzzle. So David is uh, invited on this podcast and we we, uh, discuss his understanding of how the Bible works in terms of its authoritative power for us. I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Hey, I'm here with my friend David Hollis. He's the campus minister at the Wesley Foundation at Belmont University in Nashville, Tennessee. I was at a conference down in Nashville a while back and got together with Davis. David David is an old friend of mine. We were both uh, on staff at, uh, at First United Methodist Church in Jackson, Tennessee, back in, uh, well, it's been about 10 years ago now. Yeah. So, uh, but David, why don't you introduce yourself and then let's get into the conversation that we're uh, looking at to having together. Uh, yeah, so I'm uh, an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church, um, and I've served in several different contexts, the local church, and now I'm uh, in my sixth year uh, as campus minister of Belmont Wesley Fellowship, and I've also uh, been able to teach uh, as an adjunct at Belmont University, um, primarily Old Testament. So, Well, that's um, great. Yeah, yeah, and I How wrote did- a I wrote a book that's on Amazon um, yes. called Three Trees. And Three I, Trees. I stole, Where'd you get the I stole title of that some book? of the idea from Joel, <laughs> from a sermon that Joel preached that I really enjoyed. And so I thought, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the parts that I like and I'll, uh, I'll just kind of say that I, that I came up <laughs> were, with the rest. Were the parts that you like greater than the parts that you didn't like? That's what I want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It was, okay. It, was, it was all there. It was just kind of... Uh, uh, I needed to throw in my own my own twist on it. But, yeah, that's but yeah. great. I appreciate that. That's yeah. wonderful. So, you know, we uh, we're, were discussing the podcast that I did a while back on the topic of uh, biblical inspiration. And we looked at different varieties of ways of understanding it. And then I kind of gave my perspective. But before that, kind of the set, the whole study set thing, thing up, I discussed the way that in um, second Samuel, second Samuel 24, it says that, 
that the Yahweh inspired David or incited David to do something. And then you get to first Chronicles and it says Satan for the same story. It says Satan did it. And so you had some thoughts there, David, that I wanted to talk with you about, about your understanding of, because we were looking at this as being kind of progressive revelation. So earlier mm-hmm. in the history of the, uh, the text that Israel was producing, there really is no Satan. It says that Yahweh does things that are mm-hmm. surprising and unsettling. And then later the idea of Satan began to develop. And um, so you have this other figure to be responsible for the bad stuff, so to speak. And you have a different take on it. So I wanted to hear your take on the whole idea of there being a Satan. Well, yeah, I, I, I think I go along with that uh, for the most part. I, I think um, that there are certainly occasions where, uh, and, and the, you know, the, I think the most notable one and the kind of probably easiest one for us to see um, is in, in episodes of Conquest um, mm-hmm. when, you know, when, when Joshua and the others are, are wiping out uh, whole groups of people Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, they are, they're depending on Yahweh for victory and Mm -hmm. giving Yahweh the credit and saying, you know, Yahweh wanted us to do this. And, um, and I, and I, and I can't remember the, I can't remember the exact episode, but, but there's, there's certainly one where, uh, you know, they're, they're punished for not wiping everyone out you know they, yeah. le- oh, they, yeah, yeah. they left like the women and children or something and right. and, well, and Saul and Agag where Saul is Agag yeah. live and, yeah. and the choice animals and yet he and that's what Samuel comes along and says how dare you to obey is better than sacrifice he, right which right, obey right. there means kill them all yeah exactly right? yeah so, so so I you know I think you know and of course we're we're all coming from this in our in our context in our mm-hmm. um our readings of this um, and, and, and I'm starting from a place of, you know, God is the creator of life. God is, mm-hmm. God is always bringing life from death. God mm-hmm. is not the God of death and destruction and God, God created those people the same as God created us. So, so right, I, right. I, I find it quite difficult to, to stand by those passages. Yeah, uh, and, yeah. and so I, you know, tend to say uh, that, they, that was their idea or mm-hmm. that was what seemed to them that they had to do. Uh, and probably it was a, you know, based on a notion of, you know, kind of a manifest destiny kind of thing. Like this right, is our land. Right. We're, we're, we're here to take it. And anyone yep, who gets yep. in our way is, is the enemy and everything. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen that obviously throughout human history and, and still, and still see it today. There's still so yeah. many conflicts um, based on, uh, we believe God wants us to do this. And you're in the way of that. Mm-hmm. We're going to wipe you out. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, you know, I think my position on that is, uh, you know, no, that, 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 you know, God doesn't, God doesn't desire the death of anyone uh, mm-hmm. or want anyone to be, uh, to be, to be killed in that way. So, so that um, I think maybe there was a progression in thought mm-hmm. yeah. that, that they started to see these problematic passages whatever you know what wherever they were mm-hmm. and they said ah oh, this doesn't make sense to to lump this with yahweh that's not something right, yahweh right, right. would do so we're gonna say oh you know this this figure hashatan mm-hmm. or shatan mm-hmm. um you know is is responsible for this and right and pin it on him so to yeah speak. yeah 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 you know it's interesting that um 
there is only, I, I think I'm right about this. I'm virtually certain. There's only one inscription that we have that's Moabite. And it's almost exactly, Moabite is virtually Hebrew. It's almost the same language. Mm -hmm. And um, in that text, it's called the Mesha inscription. And mm -hmm. it describes, Mesha, who's actually talked about in the, in the Hebrew scriptures, uh, and it describes that the Israelites had come and taken a few cities from this border region because the, the god Chemosh was angry at the Moabites. And so Chemosh let them do it. And then they pled, you know, forgiveness. And, 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 then, um, and then they attacked. And they, uh, so they won back these villages from the Israelites. And it, it uses the same verb as far as I understand. It's cherem which is to wipe everyone out mm -hmm. and it's, you do it as a sacrifice mm -hmm. to your, so in other words, we actually have an example of a Chedim passage that's outside of the Bible. Right. Of, of, yeah. So we know this idea is out there, you know, this right. idea that Yahweh calls or your God gives you permission, so to speak, to conquer people around you. It's like, mm -hmm. you're, and then you wipe them all out and, and that's a way that you honor your deity. That's right. a powerful cultural idea. Right. And, and so we have to at some point say, you know, God is working through these ideas that were prevalent at that time, it, but that's not necessarily what God's end game, right? God right, certainly right, doesn't right. want us to stay there and God took time, you know, and maybe you could say God respected our free will, but took a long period of time for people to recognize, you know, maybe Yahweh doesn't want us to kill all those women and children. Right. Because yeah. that's it. You know, yeah. they're yeah. killing the women and children. Right. And it's a war crime today. We'd consider it a war crime. Or, or even let's say the men, you know. <laughs> or, or let's say the men. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, again, I, I just, if we start with the principle that just killing anyone yeah yeah, not, yeah yeah not really what god wants <laughs> that, that's that's what i like about I talking that to you david pretty far you know the, the things that i don't i say without thinking you just like like oh yeah of course yeah, yeah so i appreciate yeah. your you're catching me on that sure, that's really yeah. great but talk to me a little bit about what you said about your understanding of like where this idea of satan comes from because you don't you really don't believe in the existence of a devil Right. Yeah. Not not really in terms of uh, of a being or a or a character. Um, and I think uh, the the need for that for a lot of people is this kind of is this kind of duality that, yeah. you know, if we're going to have God, we're going to have this completely benevolent, omniscient, omnipotent being. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, then we have to have the, the foil or the, yep. the nemesis, the nemesis. Mm -hmm. And I don't buy that, uh, because, right. you know, I th again, I think that makes God's existence dependent, uh, on this, on this other existent, uh, being. And, and I, you know, I, I don't, I don't find that to be the case. Um, and, and I think what scripture shows us, um, is the, these stories, uh, of there being uh, perhaps, uh, you know, this this being who, of course, is still under the ultimate control of of God, mm -hmm. um, who, you know, is is the tempter or is the one and, uh, you know, in, in Job, who's sort yeah. of uh, this adversarial being or the right, one who's right. who's um, who's sort of walking, walking back and forth on the earth and kind of mm -hmm. seeing around what's going on there. And um, and in that sense, uh, you know, I, I I'm not going to completely 
cast out the notion that again there are there are messengers of God or there are beings perhaps um, underneath the control of God that that may have these different tasks. Um, but I, I think part of part of the reason I've never gotten all that worked up uh, about it is. Uh, and and one of my mentors, uh, Sam Wells, uh, put it oh. really exceptionally when he said, you know, generally when people start talking about God and Satan, they make Satan much more interesting than God. And they, <laughs> they spend all this time focusing on, you know, all of these possibilities with Satan and everything. And he's like, but I want to talk about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of my thing, too, is, is uh, you know, I... I I don't think that there's uh, enough biblical uh, evidence and also that it's consistent enough mm-hmm. to say, um, yes, there is this, you know, there's this being, uh, particularly one with, you know, uh, with with spiky tail and, and horns right. and all this stuff. But yeah. um, but clearly we have to deal with the notion of uh, evil and mm-hmm. suffering and all of these things. And, um, and I do, I do, I am drawn to this notion um, that, uh, you know, I, I think initiated with Gene Davenport, um, mm-hmm. you know, may he rest in peace um, mm-hmm. th- that, that God created out of chaos. And, um, you know, the word there, I believe is to home. Yeah. Um, and, oh, that's the deep. Tehom is the deep. Right, right, right. To, the, the, tohu yeah, Vabohu yeah. is the chaos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and and so you know Davenport connected that as as many scholars have done with with mm-hmm. with Tiamat with mm-hmm. uh, the 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 Babylonian um, yeah. chaos dragon mm-hmm. um, and and so you know we we see that thread throughout. Um, uh, scripture the notion that there is this this chaotic being or this existence of chaos um that does you know that does have some sway in the world and yeah, yeah. these things happen uh and i think uh there's good reason to sort of at least connect the two there right. um and, and and that interests me a lot but yeah um, yeah but the notion yeah i think of uh of this you know kind of uh, v- villain or enemy to fear um that doesn't square with with what i with, with the rest of what i believe both about god and scripture yeah. yeah it's interesting to um when you think just about the the force of chaos in the world uh well we just had a terrible rain event here where basements were flooded and it caused incredible chaos mm-hmm. but i just think about world events and how hard it is to get you know to get the get a deal that really works in with the iranians or get Mm, those palestinians and israelis to really sit down at a table why Mm -hmm. is that so hard it's so confusing that it would Mm -hmm. be that hard right because because a deal is in everybody's interest and yet we can't seem to do it there does seem to be this force that's almost Mm -hmm. a mystical force of chaos mm-hmm. that that is very hard to overcome and yet the kingdom of god is we intend to overcome it you know right. it's not gonna chaos doesn't win and, right right and that's the biblical narrative and yeah so yeah and i think obviously with all of those things um and it's so diff it's so difficult to parse out um 
what what comes from this and what comes from that and and you know particularly the the examples you know used to be as you mentioned kind of like weather destruction or hurricanes yeah. tornadoes these kinds of things um and we used to sort of put those in their own camp but now mm-hmm. we we see more and more evidence that um that uh, you know i'm i'm a believer in climate change and that that climate yeah. change exists largely because of of human participation and so if if that is connected with um with greed or with mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. elements of sin yeah then yeah. you know those those all become kind of more associated more of a piece than they do um just their own thing um obviously yeah, yeah. you know i think i think there's just the the, the way that the natural world is created um there are going to be these these things that happen um but we seem to be probably contributing to to more extreme events and mm-hmm. everything um and you know so yeah do we do we say that you know this person um is in you know is, is working for the devil or the devil has has guided this person or is it more likely that you know again uh they they have been they have been deeply wounded and deeply hurt and mm-hmm. this is their this is their narrative and this is their view on the world. And this is, you know, why it's so difficult for them to make peace. They don't have peace within themselves. How can they have yeah. peace with others? Um, so, yeah. So you, you would see Satan as kind of like a, a narrative incarnation of the tendency to self-destruction and chaos that's in the world. That's part of the, un, the, the imperfect, the imperfect world in which we live. Is that fair enough or? Yeah. And I guess, you know, it's, it's for me, you can, you can see fairly easily these things that are against the purposes of God. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as we're talking about before, you know, just all killing um, is, is difficult to square with a God who creates Mm -hmm. and gives life. And so, Um, we can we can sort of see these things as as anti God or anti Christ uh, mm-hmm. in in their very existence, in so much as you know death and deprivation and uh, that which keeps creation from flourishing uh, are against the purposes of God. Um, right. But I so. but I don't think we have to I don't think we have to say that there's a there's a you know, being who's sort of pulling the, the, the strings on those, right. that's just part of what's sewn into this, this thing that is creation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not right. I mean, I can appreciate what you're saying, David. I, I, I still have, I mean, through some personal experiences and conversations with others who've had real experiences with things that seem to be like, like the, I, I mean, I've been in the presence of people that I felt were demon possessed, hmm. right? Where yeah. they walked into the room and I just got a powerful feeling in my gut. It was yeah. totally impulsive. That yeah. This person is walking around with a demon inside of them. Hmm. And yeah. I know that that, that, yeah. And so I, I still have that kind of worldview and I, um, but I can appreciate what you're saying too, because I think that there is a real sense in which that almost trivializes evil. Evil is so much more than that. There right. is this kind of systemic cosmic 
uh, force in the world that makes it hard for people to attain shalom mm -hmm. and to live into mm -hmm. shalom. It makes it, mm -hmm. it's like this anti-shalom force field. And it's to, to characterize it like, you know, demons. I think that trivializes right. it. It's much more right. than that. Right, right. But yeah. I do think, and I also appreciate, I, I've heard this about Wesley and I, I you know, I'm, I'm not a Wesley scholar, but I've heard that Wesley used to say to people, don't worry about the devil, just preach the gospel and God takes care of things, right, you know, right, yeah, and, yeah. and that we shouldn't get overly, you know, fascinated with right. demonic things. I even, um, yeah, so anyway, uh, I, I think that um, I still kind of am living there, yeah, but I yeah. definitely appreciate the kind of complexity or the nuance that mm -hmm. your perspective brings to the conversation and the tendency of people who do believe in like Satan and demons to, to trivialize it as if it's just this evil force and not something much bigger and more cosmic than that. Well, and so. uh, two things, uh, you know, I, I come from a posture generally of, of real openness to to people's experiences of those kinds of things yes. and never, yes. never do I want to sort of discount that in my own yes. life. Um, you know, I've known two or three people who have either, they've been church planners or they've started, you know, kind of a new movement. And, mm -hmm. and there are these bizarre things that have happened to their yeah. families. And, and you do really wonder in those times, like, is this a thing? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't, I don't at all want to reject that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I do. I, and I do really appreciate the notion um, that, you know, it's, it, it can be just such a, a kind of a scapegoat to say, mm -hmm. you know, the devil made me do it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and to yeah. blame all of these issues on, on this, this Satan or this devil, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that, that lets people off the hook for, yeah, um, yeah. for, the, you know, their, their own, their own greed or their own um, whatever it was that, that caused them to act out in these ways. Um, yeah. And so I think, you know, let's, let's examine those kinds of things as much as we can definitely have to leave room for, for the mystery because, right. you know, I mean, that's, right. that's what it is. Hey, David, let's talk a little bit about uh, your understanding of progressive revelation and how that works and how um, ideas can develop over time in the scriptures. That's something that in this podcast I've been really interested in, and I thought I'd uh, have you speak to that. Yeah, so this is uh, you know, generally the, the path that I go down with students um, that what we're, what we're dealing with in scripture is is really unlike anything else mm -hmm. in terms of uh, both the the way in which um, this this thing was put together um, the the vast uh, scope of time that's involved the different mm -hmm. cultural influences that are involved yeah um, and so for it to really you know as as much as possible be a, a living, breathing thing mm -hmm. that that over time, um, as as happens with people, um, yeah. you know, we we develop these different beliefs. We start, you know, usually, uh, you know, taking things. I have a you know 
three-year-old. He takes right. things really literally. Yeah. Um, yep. And so we have, you know, we have this literal reading that we really start with. And I think it's important to, to, to not sort of um, cast that out or yeah. to denigrate that because that's what you start with. Yeah. And, yeah. and you have to have, you have to have those, those firm structures, I think um, in place before you can then start to, uh, I, you know, for, for, lack of a better expression start to kind of be rabbinic with it before you can start to sort of tease things out and ask questions and maybe you know maybe it was this or maybe it was that um which is where you know that's that's where i love to live yeah exactly you know these these let's treat these as the fantastic stories they are yeah and um and let them live let them have a life that says uh we're only getting ever part of the story mm-hmm. there has to be so much more going on there yeah um and so as we as we progress in our understanding of 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 humans of of people places and times those kinds of things everything that went into the text um then then likewise it it should be doing the same it should mm-hmm. it should be mm-hmm. growing the boundaries are kind of stretched um and i i tend to again come back more and more to this mystery of, I don't exactly know what this means. You know, we're, we're, yeah. uh, my, my Sunday school class right now is, is finishing up uh, AJ Levine's uh, uh, book, short stories uh, by Jesus. And, okay. um, and so, you know, as with the parables, uh, there's so much mystery there. There's so much yeah. that's, that's not tied up in a bow, uh, mm-hmm. but that, but that is just opening up to this larger, conversation yeah 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 i was just uh reading in my devotions this morning about believe it or not i was reading in leviticus uh, the um, laws of uh of clean and unclean with the terms of skin diseases oh okay yeah, <laughs> yeah lo- lovely reading for yeah the, yeah for my morning devotions actually our church is going through kind of a bible in a year and so that's where we're all you know we're all supposed to be reading the same passage but gotcha so, uh, and I noticed something I'd never noticed before that it's literally says once, it says, when I put a mildew upon your house, people understood like your house can also get leprosy. Mm. Right. And so, yeah. because it, it can get, it, 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 they could, so they looked at clothing that got mildew and they thought, you know, it's, it's about like leprosy and that's how mildew right. golden houses and they leprosy in the house but it literally said when i put it there Mm. and i thought that was so it was such an interesting another example where there is no there is no satan in the bible there is no Mm -hmm. i mean everything comes from god Mm -hmm. and and yet as we continue to read on you know the idea of satan begins to develop as we saw in, in, in this but there are hundreds of examples of this where and, and then later you get to rabbis where they're asking all sorts of really interesting questions about, you know, about the Bible and you know, right. taking things on to a kind of completely different level. Yeah. But but it's so interesting to, to look at that and say, you know, they they didn't th- that was their worldview. And, mm-hmm. and it may have been an, it may have been the, the fact that's interesting about it is that in the non-Israelite religions, there were demons everywhere. 
Right. Right. So yeah. yeah. They, yeah. You know, they, every ceremony has a whole set of curses against the demons that might make it not work, you know, mm-hmm. and so you'd have to spread sand down and do all kinds of different things to make sure that the devil, that the demons don't come in and, or the forces of chaos, these right. forces of chaos. But the Bible in the earlier sections doesn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it does have these elim, which are, you know, these, you know, um, this divine counsel that's out there. Right, that, right. You know, let us create in our own image. And mm-hmm. you know, there, there's these divine counsel things. So, and, and then that probably later feeds into demons and angels, right? Right. Because we don't worship right. these divine counsel. They're created by God. Right. And they end up just being messengers. And so you have the bad ones and the good ones, and mm-hmm. it ends up becoming. But there again, we just can see people struggling to understand and ideas changing over time. Right. And But I love that about the Bible. I mean, that's just what makes it so cool that God is working through people's understanding. And so it kind of gives permission for a guy like you to go, okay, I'm going to further um right. is there really a satan or is that right. some kind of understanding of personified chaos or whatever so um even though i don't go down that road i could see that you know a person going down that road you know and right. understand it and appreciating it so yeah yeah well yeah. and i i you know i'm i'm coming from um uh, training in uh what was you know, really intensely dubbed, you know, scriptural imagination. Um, And so the notion, I guess, for me, um, is that continual asking of questions Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, trying to sort of, um, you know, one of the, I I guess that was one of the things in, in what I was trying to do in the book um, Mm -hmm. is say, you know, what if all what if all these things are are more connected than we think yeah um yeah. and the and the parts of that story you know that that don't make as much sense um maybe you know maybe we need to question those harder um yeah, yeah. than just kind of i don't know I've, I've just never been that big on kind of you you accept it because you're told to or whatever yeah, I, I like yeah, to yeah. i like to push back and say well, this doesn't really square with, with what yeah. we're told about God, you know, through and through. So let's, yeah. let's see about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a great um, rabbinic story. Uh, it's called Aachen's oven, the Aachen oven story mm-hmm. that uh, and, in fact, I've heard in Israel, there's a place I've never seen this, but a place up in the Galilee where this is like recreated or something. So it's a famous rabbinic story. Mm-hmm. But in the story, there's an oven uh, that, you know, certain circumstances, it's oven, it doesn't matter what, but they're trying to decide if the oven is kosher. And so these uh, Sanhedrin comes and they are having this debate and, and one rabbi is arguing against all the rest. Mm-hmm. And it's Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer. And he says, it is kosher. And they say, it's not. And he says, it is. And they say, it's not. And so, um, and so it's one against all the rest. So and then what happens is uh, Eliezer says, if, it's, if I'm right, let the trees outside be pulled up by the roots. And all the rabbis go look outside and they see trees being pulled up by the roots. And they go, you're still wrong. 
you know. And, uh, and he goes, if I'm right, let that river out there turn around and go the opposite direction. And they'd look out, and lo and behold, the river's going the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And they say, well, you're still wrong. And then, um, and then, and then God speaks up. This what's called a bot coal, a voice of heaven. Literally means daughter of the voice. But mm-hmm. so God speaks up in just kind of out of heaven and says, you know, Eliezer is right. The the correct opinion is the opinion of Eliezer. And then all the rabbis go, well, that just makes two of you, you and God. So we're still wrong. <laughs> and so, and so they vote down Eliezer and God. Wow. And then God appears again and says, my children have defeated me. My children have defeated me. But the tone of it is playful. Like, right. hey, you guys, right. you, 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 I, you disagreed with Eliezer and me, but you know, you're, you're good on you. You know, you're using right. your minds and you're really struggling with this issue and, and go, keep, keep this up. You know, right. it's that kind of message. And I just love that because yeah. it, and it has a biblical connection, you know, Abraham arguing with God and Genesis, uh, wherever that is, 18 yeah. or so. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we have a story that's kind of in that ballpark, but right. it's like God gave us brains and wants us to push back a little bit. And God thinks, hey, it's good. Keep it up. You right. know? Yeah. Um, so I, I just love that story. Yeah. Well, it's so yeah. true to, to the way that actual children act when they, yeah. they gang up on the parents and, you know, they have the, they have the often, you know, preposterous positions, but, um, you know, they're going to, they're going to probably wear you down one way or the other on, <laughs> yeah, on yeah. they're right. So. Spoken as a dad. Yeah. Spoken as a dad. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So, and you talked a little bit about the power of the Holy Spirit to breathe life into scripture. And I th- thought maybe you'd want to say some more about that. Yeah. Well, I love, um, y- you know, I don't, I don't, like getting rid of certain words because mm-hmm. um, of how powerful words are. And, and so the notion of, of scriptural inspiration, uh, I want to, you know, in this case, I want to take that very literally and yeah. say, you know, to inspire is to breathe life into. And mm-hmm. I do believe that there is, there is this, there is this beauty and there is this mystery to, how we came by what we have in mm-hmm. in scripture given that you know it 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 went through centuries it went through the oral tradition um mm-hmm. it, you know, we have in so many instances you know just scraps of of tiny manuscripts um yeah. and yet we have this incredible incredible story um, yeah. that, that goes throughout that is really for the most part very consistent uh, mm-hmm. in 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 the big things um, yeah and so I think there's something to that you know I, yeah I think, absolutely I think there's both beauty to that I think there's a thankfulness to that um, and I think that uh, there is such power in communities receiving this uh, word together uh, yeah. rather, rather than focus as much on, you know, and I, this is kind of a, a daily thing with me and college students. I want to, I want to bless and I want to, to encourage their, their individual reading of scripture. Yeah. Um, but I also want to push and challenge and say, you know, all of this is to a community. Uh, yeah. and it's, yeah. and, and when we, when we read it in community and when we discuss it in community, I, I really believe, the Holy Spirit is there, you know, guiding our 
questions and our, our responses and, and then what we do with it, you know, it, it Mm -hmm. ultimately I think is, is to be lived out. Um, and and so, you know, how, how do we go about that? Mm -hmm. Um, so there's, yeah, I think there's so much beauty there. Yeah. I was talking to a friend the other day about, uh, the way people understand like the gospel, you know, Mm, and we understand rather than understand it, you know, the way Jesus, this calling, this, proclamation of the lordship of christ and the kingdom of god that's going to you know that's going to create shalom on earth again and Mm -hmm. this this broader epic of eden so many people see it as like getting saved and believing jesus and and it's and he said the problem with that is that it leaves out this narrative background of what this is about you're Mm -hmm. you're called to participate in the most exciting story that there is being told of how we're reclaiming this world for shalom and for God's right. perfect kingdom. And we're, we get to be a part of that. And that's exciting. And it's not just being saved and getting to go to heaven. It's so yeah. much more than that. And so, and I, I just really appreciated that. I think that um, the whole notion of the gospel is such a beautiful concept, especially if you put it in the concept of the, in the background of the Roman empire, the gospel it's competing with, you mm-hmm. know, that right. Caesar is the world's true Lord and Christians are going, well, no, that's what Jesus is. Right. Yeah. And so, um, but it's, it's like you're saying, it's like this beautiful narration that Jesus is working out of when he talks about the kingdom of God and, and that we're called into and, um, and that, to me, is one of the most exciting aspects of being a Christian and being a disciple of Jesus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, David, this has been so much fun. I really, yeah, thank you so much. really enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to listen in and, um, and, and be, a, be a conversation partner, a biblical conversation partner. Yeah. Any, so, anytime. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, David. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I very much appreciate the time and the effort that it takes for a person to keep up with a topic like this and want to, to, uh, and to enhance your knowledge, your understanding, your appreciation for the scriptures as God's word and the struggles that are associated with that. So I do want to encourage you to, uh, to subscribe to this podcast. Uh, it just helps to, it'll bring it up in your feed on a regular basis and it will help you to keep uh, abreast of what's going on. You don't have to listen to all the episodes by any chance, but by any, by any uh, stretch of the imagination, but it's, uh, it, subscribing will help you to keep up to date and current with what's going on on this podcast. I also want to encourage you to rate and review. You really have no idea how exciting it is to me. If you knew how excited I get about a new rating uh, or reviewing, Uh, especially the reviews, and it only takes a few minutes. I've started reviewing podcasts more myself because I know how much I appreciate it, especially for a little podcast like this one that's just getting started, and, you know, it it means a lot. And so so thank you for taking the time to do that, and I want to encourage you, if you haven't done that, to do it. I'm also very excited about our next uh, uh, guest on Biblical Conversations. That will be Pesach Wolicki. 
Pesach is an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, lives in Israel in the town of Beth Shemesh, which actually means House of the Sun in, in Hebrew, Beth Shemesh. He's also the Associate Director of the Center for Jewish Christian Understanding and Cooperation. And uh, I've had several encounters with, with Pesach and gotten to know him and very much appreciate his passion, his faith, his ministry. He uh, has spoken at Dakota Wesleyan uh, two times, and then when we were in Israel the last time, he came and, uh, and spoke to our group, and, uh, and I really do appreciate it. He's also a podcaster. Uh, he has a podcast called The, ba- the Baseball Rabbi, and um, so he's a very dedicated podcaster, and I think there's another podcast too, but I can't find the name of it at the moment. But we'll, we'll uh, include that information when I, uh, ha- ha- when I interview him. I'll ask him about his podcasting. Um, so Pesach is uh, just a great guy. He's passionate. I, I appreciate his passion for the Palestinian people, particularly the Christians in Palestine. Uh, he has a real burden for the way that Christians in the West Bank particularly have really suffered a lot. They're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place there. And uh, many of them have left. Uh, the town of Bethlehem used to be like 80% Christian, and now it's down to just 5 10% or so. So a lot of Christians have left because it's just tough there to be a Christian, uh, an Arab-Palestinian Christian. And so uh, Pesach has a real passion for helping them. Uh, I noticed on this uh, on their webpage for the Center for uh, Jewish Christian Cooperation and Understanding, uh, it popped up this uh, donate to Beth- Blessing Bethlehem. Uh, ministry. So thank you, Pesach, for that. I thank you for your passion, for your faith, and for your love for Torah and for uh, in explaining Jewish ideas and concepts to a Christian audience. That's something I feel very strongly about myself. Um, and so I'm looking forward to that next, uh, that next episode with Pesach, with Pesach. Remember, the Word of God is for and with the people of God. And so let's all say together, thanks be to God.